Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Rambam. Hilchais Truma is the laws of Truma. The heave offering, the gift offering the farmer gives to the Kohen. Pedic Shishi, chapter 6. Now, I've pointed out many times that there's something very unique about the Rambam's teachings, which also presents somewhat of a complexity. And that is the Rambam wrote his teachings for all times and all places. So in the Rambam's teaching, he could be talking about during the time the Beis Hamikdash was there. He could be talking about nowadays. So we really have to learn to distinguish between application and application. So now the Rambam says that who eats truma? We know that there's truma. We've learned a lot. We've learned five chapters about truma, but who gets to eat the truma? So he says that truma, this heave offering gift called truma, the 2% of grain, wine, and oils given to the Kohen by the farmer, and the 10% of the 10% that the Levite gets, the farmer gives the Levite 10%, and of that, the Levite gives the Kohen 10%. So it's an additional 1%, because 10% of 10% is 1%. Necheles is eaten, la Kohanim, only to the Kohen, only by the Kohanim. Which Kohanim? Ben Gedolim, whether the Kohen is over Bar Mitzvah, Ben Ketanim, or under Bar Mitzvah. Ben Zechorim, the male Kohanim, Ben Nekevus, the female Kohanim. Makes no difference. Male, female, child, adult. Haim. Basically, the bottom line is anyone that is in the household. And when we talk about household, we talk about financial household. Anyone that is in the household of the Kohen, including back then when there was a concept called servants who were owned, Haim, they, the Abdeim, and their servants, Haknanim, the Canaanite ones, who were purchased, bought, and sold during the time that slavery was prevalent in the world, Uvehemtom, and their cattle may also eat of truma because they have to feed their cattle. And that's interesting. The servant of a Kohen could eat truma. The cow of a Kohen could eat truma. Yet it's a holy food. Shanemar, as the verse says, and here the Rambam does as he often does, he backs it up with a verse. The Kohen kiyikne nepesh. If and when a Kohen will purchase someone, Kenyan Kaspa, he becomes an acquisition of his money, etc. And of course, in an era when there is no slavery, there's no such thing. But the Rambam was written well before Abraham Lincoln. Eved Kohen Sheborach. What about the servant of a Kohen who ran away? He's trying to get away from his master. Or in a case of the wife of a Kohen, remember, a Kohen could marry a non-Kohen wife, and she suddenly gets to eat truma, because she's his wife. The Isha, or Ashes Kohen Shemorda, the wife of a Kohen who rebelled against him, and we learned the details of rebellion, she refused to be intimate with him, and so on. Harei, Elu, Eichlin, still, as long as there is the relationship 
she continues to eat of the truma even though there's an issue between them. Now he goes on to say, as we learned earlier, there is biblical truma, there is rabbinic truma, truma shalteira, biblical, biblically mandated truma. We have to make sure that the Kohen who eats it has a clear pedigree. We want to make sure that he's really a Kohen, for example. Somebody comes into shul today, and we're about to read the Torah, and I say, anybody a Kohen here? And this guy I never met before in my life says, yes, I'm a Kohen. Should I believe him? What if he's making it up? So the answer is, hey, you know, I don't have to hire, as they used to say 40 years ago, they used to have bus benches here, Nick Harris detective. I don't have to hire Nick Harris to be a detective to see if this guy's really a Cohen. He says he's a Cohen. I believe him. What's the big deal? Because what am I going to do already? I'm going to call him up to the Torah first. But back then, when Cohen had real, special, spiritual privileges, which were wrought with responsibility, it's not so simple. You can't just say, I'm a Kohen. You have to prove your pedigree. So you have to, as we learned in the laws of marriage and other laws, you got to go back and dig until you can prove that you are the descendant of someone who was known to have served in the Holy Temple. But Kohanim, we just assume they're Kohanim. They may only eat from rabbinic truma. Now he also says, When truma is in a state of ritual purity, which it must be in order to be eaten, whether it's the main truma or the secondary truma, the tenth from the tenth, whether it's Torah truma or rabbinic truma, Pure truma must have retained ritual purity for the Kohen. And in order for a Kohen to retain ritual purity, the first thing he needs is information. What to do and what not to do. Because if Kohenim are not learned, they have no idea how to maintain ritual purity. Because they don't know what ritual purity means. Therefore, it should only be given to a Kohen who is a scholar. A scholar knows how to maintain ritual purity. Because it is forbidden for anyone to consume defiled truma. We can safely assume that the ignorant masses are in a state of defilement simply because they don't know what it takes to maintain ritual purity. And if you're wondering what's the big deal, my friends, we're going to, with God's help, get to the section, the books of ritual purity, and you'll understand why it's not so simple, why you have to be a scholar to understand what is ritually pure, what is ritually impure, and so on. And as I've said many times, one-sixth of the Mishnah deals with laws of purity and impurity. It's a lot to know. And therefore, we can't assume that it's just a simple guy who went to Hebrew school, knows how to maintain ritual purity. Therefore, when it comes to defiled truma, we learned earlier, what is it that the Kohen could do with defiled truma? He can't eat it, ever. He can use it for fuel, for heating, for burning, 
This can be given to any Kohen because he's not going to eat it. So he can burn it, no problem. Now we come to a set of complex laws actually having their root in Torah law. And remember, in Jewish law, religion, religious identity follows the mother. Tribal affiliation follows the father. So as I always say in my classes, if your mother is Jewish, you're Jewish. If your father is Cherokee, you're a Cherokee. And you have to drive a Jeep. So, how do we know who is a Kohen? If your father is a Kohen, you're a Kohen. If your father is a Levi, you're a Levi. If your father is an Israelite, you're an Israelite. What about your mother? Well, your mother just has to be Jewish. So therefore, you have Israelite women every day becoming mothers to Kohanim. For example, many of my nephews are Kohanim because two of my sisters married Kohanim. So their husbands are Kohanim. Many of my nephews are Levites because my sister married a Levite. But they're Israelites. My sisters are Israelites. Well, not anymore. Once they marry Kohanim, they become Kohen-like. And that's the principle of the laws we're about to start learning here. And those of you who are somewhat legalistic will enjoy these laws because they're very legalistic. Yisraelis, number one. An Israelite woman, which means the daughter of an of Israel, of an Israelite. Shenises Lakain, who was married to a Kohen. So she becomes Mrs. Kohen. No matter how young she is. Even if she's the youngest possible age, theoretically, of marriage, which we learned earlier extensively, is three years old, is the earliest age a marriage can take effect. It doesn't say it's recommended. That's the earliest age a marriage can happen. She can already eat truma. Not only can she eat truma, but she can also eat from the other gifts that the Kohen brings home. There are two types of gifts the Kohen has. One of them are gifts that he and only he eats in the Holy Temple. And the other are gifts he brings home. Of the gifts he brings home, such as the classical chaza vishok, the breast and the thigh of the animal, which is given to the Kohen for his household use. So this wife, although she was yesterday, she was an Israelite, but today she married a Kohen, she can eat not only truma. But she may eat of the breast and thigh of the sacrifice. Now, when can she start partaking of these Kohanic foods? Only after her marriage has been consummated. And we learned earlier at great, in great detail that there is Erosin and Kedushin. There's betrothal and then there's marriage, full marriage. Today we do it all together. She can already eat truma once she's betrothed, even though she's still living in her father's house. But her betrothed husband can come and deliver, and he can say to her, Here, my dear, here's some truma. He can bring her a truma tuna fish sandwich. Pastrami on right, truma. Sharehi kinyone, because she's connected to him. They are family. 
Abel osu chachamim shetecha bachitkanis lechupa. Our sages, however, ordain that it's not a good idea for her to eat truma as long as she's living still in her father's house, only under a state of betrothal. Why? Because we're concerned that her father and her brothers are going to say, "Give me a piece." Gzeid Hashem atachel truma lavia ulachel kshiarusa bebeisavia. She's in her father's house. She doesn't have that much independence. And her father and her brother are going to say, Hey, give me some truma. And she's not going to have the strength or maybe the know-how to say no. Therefore, when she's in her husband's house, in her house after marriage, it's a different ballgame. Now, many of these laws are connected to the laws we learned earlier in marriage. Where can a marriage take hold? Where can it not take hold? So we learned that there is something called a cheresh and a shota in Jewish law. Cheresh is a deaf mute. And because, especially back then, a deaf mute could not communicate properly, they were not considered mature and responsible. There's a lot of discussion whether a deaf mute who communicates 100% today falls into this category or not. Another is a shota, someone who's not mentally astute. So can marriage be affected? The answer is no. Only by rabbinic laws we learned earlier. So here the situation is where a female deaf mute, a female person who's not mentally mature, shenises and who marries a kohen, the marriage cannot take effect 100% because by Torah law there isn't enough maturity for marriage. It's only a rabbinic ordinance that this marriage could take place. Therefore, she cannot eat truma. Even if, as a child, her father gave her in marriage, which the Torah gives him a right to do, regardless of her acuity. So what's the problem? The problem is, our sages decreed that this should not happen. She should not eat truma. Why? Perhaps a deaf-mute Kohen will marry a deaf-mute Koheness, or a deaf-mute woman, and she will eat Truma, saying, hey, we saw the other situation, not realizing that in the other situation, her father gave her into marriage, so it becomes a Torah marriage. The Fika therefore goes through the decree, that a deaf-mute daughter of an Israelite should not eat Truma at all. Okay, that's nice. Now, what about an Israelite? Can a non-Kohen eat truma? And what happens if a non-Kohen eats truma? Hazor, someone who is a Zor. The word Zor means an alien. Alien to what? In this case, alien to Kohen. A non-Kohen doesn't mean somebody from Mars. Hazor, a non-Kohen, also lechot trumas, is forbidden to eat truma. Shenemar, as the verse says, zor any alien non-Kohen may not eat of the holy foods. Here's an important law. Even if he is the lifelong employee of the Kohen, even if he is a hired hand, he lives in the Kohen's house, he works for him, he's worked for him for the last 50 years, but he's not owned by him. He's an employee. Shenema, the verse says, Toshav, someone who just dwells and works for the Kohen, Kohen, or Vesachir, or his employee, may not eat holy food, even though the Kohen supports him. Because it's not a 
real bond. Toshav, what is the definition of a Toshav? Zeschir Olam, it's an eternal employee. I hire you for life. Sochir is Sochir Shonam, I hire you for X amount of years. What about a Jewish servant? Is the Jewish servant who's an Israelite permitted to eat truma in his master's house who's a Kohen? The answer is no. Because a Jewish servant is like an employee. He's like a Toshim and a Sochir, an employee for a fixed term, in this case, six years. Okay, that's good. Now, what about the daughter of a Kohen? The daughter of a Kohen who marries an Israelite. Can she eat truma? The answer is not once she marries. Harehi Kazar, she takes on the tribal affiliation of her husband. Shanam, as it says, Zor, and all alien, all non Kohanim. Bain who? Bain Ishtay, both he and his wife. So an Israelite woman married to a Kohen becomes a Kohen for all practical purposes. A daughter of a Kohen who marries an Israelite becomes an Israelite for all practical purposes. What happens if a non-Kohen does eat truma? As they used to say when I was a kid, do me something. Go ahead, do me something. What do we do to him? Zor, a non-Kohen, Shach al-Truma and who wantonly and intentionally broke the law and went and eat Truma, and he said, do me something. Ben we're not really concerned whether he was defiled or not, because he shouldn't be eating it to begin with. Ben whether the Truma he ate was pure and undefiled. Ben or the Truma he ate was defiled. Chayev Misa Shamayim, he's liable to death in the hands of heaven. Which means the courts don't prosecute him for the death penalty, but Hashem gives him the death penalty. Which is why eating Truma is such a serious, serious transgression. Shanamar says, Umesuvei, they shall die through this. Because they will profane it. That's why we have to be so careful with Truma. Now, also, the courts can impose lashes. The courts impose lashes, and if, my understanding is that if the courts do impose the lashes, that replaces the death penalty from heaven, because you can't have both. Furthermore, there's no restitution required. Because once you get lashes, there's never money and lashes together. One or the other. We never have lashes and payment. That is if it was intentional. What if it was unintentional and inadvertent? She has to add one-fifth. And we learned earlier that one-fifth is if it was a hundred shekels... He adds 25 shekels, so now it becomes 125. 25 is a fifth of the gross amount of 125. That's the way you calculate the fifth. Shanam, it's called new math. Shanamar, the ish kiyech al-kedish bishkoga. If a man will eat of the holy inadvertently, the yosab chamishisei, he shall add one-fifth. The gamer, etc. Okay, now to complicate the pot. The Rambam brings down a verse. The daughter of a Kohen who marries an Israelite. 
he bitrumas hakadoshim she the food of truma and holy foods loiseichel should no longer eat why because she married an Israelite she loses that privilege shnei inyanim nichlu belabze this verse which is a negative commandment incorporates within it two ideas. One is shim tiboil la'aser law that if she is intimate with a man who is forbidden to her, v'teyos, and she becomes what the Torah describes as a zona, which is a biblical term for a woman who has relationship with a man forbidden to her, a chalol, or she becomes a defiled kohenes by marrying a cholol, or in another way, as we discuss these laws, and these are laws that don't follow logic, they follow Torah law, the definition of a zona is not the common definition, but it is a woman who, for, who marries a man forbidden to her, being that this woman becomes a zona, or a chalala, no matter what happens after that, she's always Forbidden to eat truma, kedin kol cholol, like the law of every defiled kohen. Shehacholol kazor lechol davar, because a defiled kohen, male or female, becomes an, a non-kohen for all purposes. Vim Israel. Now, if she goes ahead afterwards, marries an Israelite, harehi asura lechol bamura menachadoshim. She is forbidden to eat anything that has to do with holiness. Which is Chazav Sheikh La'elam forever. Even though he divorced her, the Israelite husband, or he died, on ordinary, under ordinary circumstances, if a daughter of a Kohen marries an Israelite, and then he dies or divorces her, she, if she has no children, goes back to her father's house. And she's able to eat truma, but not in this situation, because she became a zona or a halala. She can never again eat of the sacrifices. In the case of truma, if she only married an Israelite man, and he died or divorced her, a cheles, she can resume eating truma, after the Israelite divorced her, a meis, im, this is the big caveat, if, she didn't leave a son, if she didn't have a son, but if she has a son who's a Kohen, that is different, I'm sorry, I said that wrong, she married an Israelite, if he gave her a son, if she has a son that's an Israelite, that precludes her from ever going back to her father's house. Shanem, and eating truma. Shanem Aruvas Kohen, the daughter of a Kohen, Kisiya Almono Grusha. This is a verse. If she will be a widow or a divorcee, Vizera Einlaw. The Torah says, provided she has no children from this Israelite husband. She returns to her father's house as she was in her youth, says the verse, She may eat from the bread of her father. So it really all depends upon whether her marriage with the Israelite, this Kohen's daughter, who married an Israelite, whether that marriage produced a son or not. Because the marriage ended. But the question of whether she can return to her father's house and eat Truma or not, 
will depend upon whether she brought a son into the world from this Israelite. From tradition we learn, that this law applies only to certain foods of the Kohen, not all. That in this case, if she was divorced or widowed from her Israelite husband, did not leave a son, she goes back to eating truma, because she never had children, or she doesn't have a child. But she never goes back to eating the meat portions of the sacrifices. And now the plot thickens. And here's where you have to put your legal hats on. Not only the daughter of a Kohen, even the daughter of a Levi, the Yisrael is the daughter of an Israelite, who was intimate with someone forbidden to her, because she becomes a Zonah, she's forever forbidden to eat Truma, even though she has offspring of a Kohen. So, because this woman who was a daughter of a Levi or a daughter of an Israelite was intimate with any man forbidden to her, then she may no longer eat truma. It defiles her whether she did this willingly or not. The fecal, therefore, hashvuya, God forbid, when a woman is taken captive, and she was married to a Kohen, she can never again eat Truma. Even though she says nothing happened, we still assume that something did happen. Any time a woman is taken captive, where in a, in a particular situation she, is, she has credibility to say nothing happened, there's a witness and in this case, the laws of witnesses are very liberal. Even one witness comes and says, nothing happened. And this is a law which says that if the woman married to the Kohen was taken captive, she loses the right to be in the family of Kohen. In general, the Torah never blames the victim, ever, in the cases of rape or what have you. And here, God forbid, no one is blaming her. It's just a question of whether she can have the advantages of being in the Kohen world. And the answer is, unless there's someone saying, nothing happened, she cannot. What about other forms of intimacy, transgression? For example, when a woman engaged in relations with an animal, which is a Torah prohibition, this, although forbidden, does not disqualify her from having a Kohen relationship. Yudbeis. Now, let's not talk about the previous situation. Let's talk about an everyday situation. Yisraelis, an Israelite woman, who has children from a Kohen, which means that she married a Kohen. And she has children. Regardless of what happened to her husband, she can always continue to eat Ruma because she has a son who's a Kohen. Not only a son, but a daughter. She has offspring of a Kohen. 
even if the sexuality is uncertain. And these are the categories we learned extensively about earlier, tumtum, andreginous, an androgynous, or someone whose sex is unknown. Even if the offspring she had is no longer here, but that offspring had offspring, which means she had a child, her child had a child, and her child died. But her grandchild is still alive. Atsev kol or great-grandchild. Any of those allow her to continue to eat the Kohen food. Because she has an offspring at some level from her husband, the Kohen. Shenem arvizera einlo. It says, if she has no children. But in this case, she has children. Now... You have to again put on your thinking cap, as my teacher used to say. Just as in the case where she is the daughter of a Kohen. And she gives birth to children from her Israelite husband. It disqualifies her from going back and eating trumah. So also, the children of a Kohen. The Israel is from an Israelite woman, Machelisa, enables her to eat Rumah. So this works two ways. Let's just spell this out very, very clearly. If the daughter of a Kohen marries an Israelite and has children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, even though the children and the grandchildren die, but the great grandchildren are still living, being that the Israelite produced children with her, she's forever disqualified to going back and eating truma. Why? Because she has offspring of an Israelite. Though it works in the same way in the sister scenario. She is a daughter of an Israelite. She married a Kohen. They bore children together, a child and that child produced a child, and that child produced a child, even though everybody is now dead. But there's a great-grandchild still living from that relationship which she had with the Kohen. That offspring allows her to continue to eat Rumah. And we're going to learn now that that offspring does not have to be super kosher. It could even be not something you'd be that proud of. But still it is the biological offspring of a Kohen. Let's learn. Yud Gimel 13. Just as seed, children from an Israelite, born to a daughter of a Kohen, disqualifies her from ever going back to Yitrumah. So also, Zera Kohen. When she has children of her husband, the Kohen. If she's an Israelite, it enables her to continue to eat truma, even though her husband's out of the picture because he died. We'll go a step further and say, even though this seed is not the most kosher seed, in fact, it's an unkosher seed. Ketzat, for example, what are we talking about? Bas Yisrael, the daughter of an Israelite man. Shenises who married Lakoin a Cohen. Or other scenario, and it gets a little complicated here because we're running two different parallel scenarios. Because the halacha is the same. 
The first scenario is an Israelite married to a Kohen. The second scenario is a Kohen daughter married to an Israelite. And this woman had a girl, had a little daughter from this man. And then this woman's daughter had a forbidden Torah relationship with someone very close to her such as a close relative, incestual. What is the law? The product of an incestuous relationship is called a mamzer. It's called a biblical mamzer. Or she married a mamzer, which is forbidden. And now her daughter died. But the child, the mamzer, is alive. Which means that this woman has a grandchild who is a mamzer. A mamzer is not something to be proud of. It's a disqualified child in Torah law. Nevertheless, a child. So he says in 14, If this mamzer's grandmother was this woman we're talking about, she was the daughter of an Israelite who had married a Kohen because she still has this grandchild. Disqualified as his pedigree is, the fact that he's there permits her to eat truma because no matter what pedigree he has, he is the offspring of her husband, the Kohen. Bas Kohen Israel, the sister scenario, daughter of a Kohen who married an Israelite, Lei Teichel should not eat. Here we learn, Shehi, why should she not eat? Because she has a grandchild who, although a mamzer, is still a grandchild. So from here we learn, In the case where she's married to a Kohen, she continues to eat Kohen food because of her offspring of that Kohen, even though it's not such a child you'd be proud of. He's not even the level of a simple Israelite. He's one step down because a mamzer may not marry an Israelite. Needless to say, that if she had a daughter from a Kohen, even though, remember, here's the scenario. She, an Israelite woman, I'm sorry, this woman married a Kohen. And her, they had a daughter. And the daughter married a Yisrael. The mother can continue to eat because of this daughter. Similarly speaking, the daughter of a Kohen. Who doesn't eat Truma because her offspring are Israelites. This will still prevent her to eat, even though the living offspring happened to be Kohanim. How could it be that from Israelites you evolve into Kohanim? It's very simple. Ketzad Bas Kohen, the daughter of a Kohen, Shenisis Yisrael, who was married to an Israelite. Behold, Amimenu Bas, and this Kohen's daughter, Mr. Kohen's daughter, marrying the Israelite, had a little girl who's an Israelite. She's a nice Jewish Israelite, not a Kohen. Why? Because her father is an Israelite. 
And then this wonderful girl went and married a Kohen. Why not? And she had a boy. They had a little boy. So he says, let's be honest. This little boy can even be the high priest. Because he's a kosher Kohen. He causes his mother to eat because his mother, the Israelite, is the mother of a Kohen. But he does not allow his grandmother, who's the subject we began with, to eat because he is the offspring that disqualifies his grandmother from eating. Even though his mother could be dead. And this grandmother sits there and says facetiously, Don't ever be like the son of my daughter, the high priest. My grandson, the high priest, does not permit me to eat truma because he's the offspring of my Israelite husband. So these are some of the, fan- some of the fantastic scenarios which the Rambam brings down here. Tezayin, any relationship with a Eved with a biblical slave, the offspring is always a slave and does not have any real paternal relationship to parents. A slave remains a slave. Eved, a slave, does not cause one to become unfit. If the slave produced a child, and does not cause one to eat. It's neutral because it's not considered your child. A daughter of a Kohen married an Israelite. A daughter of an Israelite married a Kohen. We all the men of Ben and had a son. Ben and the son went to Nichbash and had a relationship with a slave woman. We all the men of and they had a little slave, a little child. And the son dies. But this offspring slave is alive. What if the mother of the father of this slave is an Israelite daughter married to a Kayan? She may not eat from Truma because this child does not count. It's not her child. What if she was the daughter of a Kohen married to an Israelite? Would this child prevent her from eating? No. Halachically, this is not considered offspring. Because there's no pedigree. There's no relationship of pedigree when it comes to slaves. Next scenario, the daughter of an Israelite was married to a Kohen and died. And she had a son from this Kohen. So now she has a son from her husband, the Kohen. <coughs> so her son's name is Kohen. Her first husband is out of the picture. He's gone. He died. She went and married into a second marriage with an Israelite. She may now not eat truma because even though she has a son, she also has a new husband who's an Israelite. What if her second husband died? But the second husband left her with an Israelite son. So she now has an Israelite son. She can't go back to Yitrumah because she has an Israelite son. Because her son is an Israelite. But if that son is out of the picture, 
If he died, she still has a son of a Kohen. And she now goes back and she's able to eat truma because of her original Kohen son. Because the second son is out of the picture. Which again, legalistically is fantastic. Yudches, Bas Kohen, Shenisis, Yisrael, the daughter of a Kohen, married an Israelite. And this daughter of a Kohen, married to the Israelite, has a son. And now he's out of the picture. She then, in a second marriage, married a Kohen. For example, her first husband died. A widow is allowed to marry a Kohen. She may now eat Truma. Mace, if he dies, she has a son from him. She has a son of Kohen. She can eat Truma. What if her son from the Kohen died? She may now not eat because she still has a son from the Israelite husband. But if her son from the Israelite husband died, she goes back to her father's household. She's not married and she has no son. She can eat Truma. But, as we learned earlier, lay because of a shake, not the other sacrificial benefits. You test, closing, paragraph. Bas Yisrael, Yisrael, A daughter of an Israelite married an Israelite first. So she has a son who's an Israelite. And then he's out of the picture. He died. And she married now a Kohen. She can eat Truma. Because she's now the wife of a Kohen. Mace, if he, he dies. The Kohen dies. And she has a son. And she can eat because she has a Kohen son. Because the Kohen allows her to eat Truma just as his father did. End of chapter 6.